Hey, it's V. Welcome back to my podcast from shelf to screen. Today we will be talking about, as promised, The Princess Diaries. Now, I didn't know this movie was a book up until a few years ago, despite the movie saying it was based off of the series by Meg Cabot. I I didn't really pay attention to it, I guess. Um, But then again, this movie did come out in 2001, and I was born in 2002, so I was aware of this movie. I was watching this movie before I knew how to read, which is why I watched the movie before the book. And since I still haven't read the book, I'm going to be talking about the movie first. Um, So, let's get started. I will be doing this a little differently. I noticed in the last podcast that my episode ran a little longer than expected. 33 minutes, that's that's a long time. Um, so we're going to split it in half. In the, we're going to break it into two parts. The first part we'll be talking about either the movie or the book. And then part two will be the comparison between both of them. Because then by that point I will have read both. And I'd like to apologize, this episode is late, which means you'll be getting two episodes this week, so bonus, I guess. Um, Okay, so let's start off. The characters. Mia Thermopolis, played by Anne Hathaway. And this is actually Anne Hathaway's first movie, according to, well, multiple sources. Um, But she plays the character very well. She's awkward and klutzy, not much of a public speaker. She says she wants to be invisible and it shows. She's impulsive at times, which is kind of annoying. But as a teenager, I do understand that we can come off as impulsive. Like we might think that our actions make sense, but to others, it can be seen as a little rash. So um, I get it. And she's also the kind of person who will cut across the grass, which kind of bothers me. I don't know why, but it does. <laughs> then we have Lily, who was played by Heather Mataraza. I like her last name. Still might not say it right, but I like it. <laughs> um, Lily, she keeps her grounded. Um, she's confident, very opinionated. They balance each other out. I really liked this actress for the role. Um, I mean, I don't have the book to compare it to yet, but um, I liked it. I liked the way she did it. Um, I noticed that some of Lily's jokes were kind of mocking. Like, for example, when Mia got a makeover, a good friend is supportive at first, but Lily just started attacking her. But I mean, it gave a window for Michael to like say things. He called her attractive in case you didn't know. But yeah, so moving on. The grandma, the queen... Queen Clarice is played by Julie Andrews, the legend. Um, She's beauty and grace, which you can expect from an actress of her caliber. (laughs) Um, Royalty. She has a sense of humor. She's sweet, despite her concern for her country after seeing Mia. She can be overwhelming at times. Well, to Mia, she can't be overwhelming to me. But um, she's very helpful. She's kind, but blunt when she needs to be. I really liked her. Um, and we have Joe, who's played by Hector Elzonzo, which I found out he appears in every single one of, um, what's his name? One second. Um, Gary Marshall's movies. Gary Marshall is the director for this film, for 
the first two Princess Diary movies, and I found out that this Hector guy appears in every single one of them, which I which I think is interesting. Oh, sorry, went off topic. I'm back. Um, so Joe, Joe is he's the cool guy. He's very chivalrous, protective, which you can expect since he is a security person. But um, he's protective of those he cares about. And I really liked his serious sense of humor. Like, um, if you don't have a sense of humor, you might miss it. I noticed he didn't always bow to Clarice in in the book. I want to see more of their relationship. And I would love to see something in his point of view. Like, um, I know this series has some books that are not part of the main storyline. Like, side books. I would love it if one of them focused on him. And so I could see his inner mind because we don't really get that in movies, which is really disappointing. Um, and then there's Michael, played by Robert Schwartzman. <laughs> now, he's in a band, which is why he was absent for the second movie, which was really disappointing. He was touring with his band, and that's what they said in the second movie. They said Michael was touring with his band. But, um, oh, I said that. Okay, so I did watch the second movie. This. It's been around for a while, but, um, yeah, I was trying not to talk about it, but I failed. Sorry, <laughs> I should have wrote a note. Um, but anyway, so Michael, he has a very laid-back personality, but he's he's the observant type. He speaks up when he needs to, which I liked. I liked the moments when he speaks up, because he was so, like, um, backgroundy when he spoke. I paid more attention to it. It was good. But I didn't get a lot of character development from him which is why I'm so excited to read the book um then there were the smaller characters like Lana played by Mandy Moore and that's the only reason I'm mentioning her because she's played by Mandy Moore (laughs) she was the antagonist she was a basic mean girl so played well um Josh he was the he's just the dumb hot jock kind of guy and then Mr. Robitussin now he was he was just their neighbor, but he was a writer, super observant. He said he won an Emmy, and I really liked his narration. I hope he's in the book. I feel like he might not be, but I really hope he's in the book, and I hope I get more of him, because <laughs> honestly, he was one of my favorite characters. Um, and Fat Louie, the cat, I'm a cat person. I'm a dog person, too. Like I love dogs, I love puppies, but I have a cat, so I'm a cat person right now. And um, according to Insider, he was played by four different cats, and one of them was Anne Hathaway's. Like, they had a cat to sit on a letter, they had a cat to jump, they had a cat to sit. It was, it's interesting. Um, But moving on, I'm running out of time. I just, man, I ramble a lot, I'm sorry. Um, But relationships. Um, There was the mom and Mia's relationship. They had a healthy mother-daughter relationship, which I liked. The dad and Mia's relationship. I mean, the dad was dead, as typical with most Disney princesses. Um, But their relationship, when he was alive, it can be seen as sweet. Like, um, she had the little carousel that she looked at, and she was like, I miss you, dad. So, obviously, he played some part in her life, which confuses me, because she didn't know he was a prince. So, did he, like, go incognito? Was he still part of her life? And the movie said he's only been dead for a few months. When I first watched the movie, I thought it had been years. Like, in my mind, he's he died, like, a year after her birth or something. But 
anyway um moving on um the grandma and mia they were awkward at first but as their characters started developing more they got closer which was sweet and then mia and michael wow okay so michael he was super gentlemanly towards her and he went out of his way to help her and he didn't think about the consequences like he offered to fix her car no cost he didn't even think about asking his boss which was which was cute he hung around um later than he could have like he could walk away a lot but he sticks around with her and um he called her attractive at one point which i mentioned before but it just showed me that he liked her from the beginning and that's something i missed the first few times i watched the movie and now for the scenes i liked i liked the princess lessons Joe giving Mia dancing lessons, Paolo's makeover, which, side note, Disney Plus cut out all of those failed attempts. I didn't get to see Mia looking like a poodle. I was very disappointed. <laughs> um, the, um, I liked the basketball court scene where Mia fell, which was unscripted, but I liked it. But since it's unscripted, I know it's not in the book, but I still liked it. Um, secondhand embarrassment. I had like bad case of that the entire dinner scene with Mia there was the ice cream there was the fire there was the glass breaking but um it was memorable I liked it um a lot and then her mom was kind of con her I mean her grandma her grandma was concerned for her it was a cute scene that they had um then there was the grandma granddaughter bonding tour of San Francisco they took these pictures in a photo booth and I really want to know if they kept the pictures. It's it's just a thing, like, that'd be sweet if they still had them. And there was, um, there was, there, there were small things that I liked, like, um, when Mia went to that beach party and the grandma was, like, um, criticizing her because she was supposed to be a princess, but Joe was the voice of reason there and he's like, she's a teenager, don't forget that, um, that was really cute. Um, there was a scene where Mia and Lily got into a fight after she had ditched her. And then there was the apology. And I think I mostly liked that because I didn't like Lily. And so I felt the apology was important. And I liked Mia hitting Josh and Jim. That was, that was justice. <laughs> and I'm not into the whole revenge thing, but I enjoyed that to be honest um I liked Mia inviting Josh to um the ball even though he said no it was it was still a cute scene I liked Mia standing up for Jeremiah when um he was being bullied by Lana and Lana oh man I've been calling her Lana this whole time her name is Lana okay Lana Anna and Fontana were all bullying Jeremiah and she stood up for him and she's like Lana got cones Lana got cones well she didn't say that but she cones Lana and then the chanting started and good scene um <laughs> there was this part where um in the end when she was running I guess when she was gonna go to Colorado we'll talk about that later but um Joe knew she was running and I thought that was important he didn't know her for very long but he had a lot of like he had a lot of insight and it makes me wonder more about him which is another reason why I think he needs his own mini story I liked the pizza with the M&M apology thing 
because Mia had said that when they hung out, they would eat pizzas and M&M's. Um, pizza on M&M's? M&M's on pizza. And I don't, I've never tried that. This movie doesn't make me want to try it. It sounds disgusting to me. Chocolate and tomato sauce and cheese. You know, actually, it doesn't sound terrible. Okay, never mind. Maybe I'll try it. Let me not, I'm not going to knock it till I try it. It was a cute scene. Um, I like that the speech that Mia did reflected her growth. It started off awkward. She had this comment on the weather in the beginning. And then in the, mis in the middle, she made some mistakes. She said she gets sick. People started backing up. And then she talks too fast and her grandma corrected her, which showed the middle of the movie kind of. But then in the end of the speech, by the end, she had gained confidence and she was able to become Amelia Mininette Demopolis Rinaldi, princess of Genovia. <laughs> um, scenes I didn't like was Josh being fake. Mia turning Josh, um, not Josh, Mia turning Michael down to hang out with Josh. Mia not telling Lily that she was ditching her for the party. Mia even going to the party in the first place. So basically, all of the things that were needed for character development and plot progression, I didn't like it. But, <laughs> I, like, I understand why it happened, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. And, um, now back to the Colorado thing. Mia's 15 in the movie. Why is she running away to Colorado? What is that? Is, that's the teenage impulsive thing that makes no sense to me. That's not teenage impulsiveness. That's just stupidity. Like, oh my goodness, I don't want to be a princess. I'm going to move to Colorado. But, at least she was going to take Fat Louie with her. If she didn't, that'd be a different thing. Um, also in that scene where she's packing and stuff and she's like, I'm going to Colorado. She picks up the book that her dad had left her. But, and she unlocks it, like she has her locket and she presses it and she unlocks it, but she does not read it. She just picks it up and puts it down. It made no sense to me. I understand that the letter had to fall out, but if that was the case, she should have flipped through it a little, made it look like there was a legitimate reason behind her unlocking it, instead of just unlocking it and then throwing it in her purse. Well, anyway, in closing, I give the movie an 8.5 out of 10 there were some scenes that I really really liked like um small things that I didn't notice until I rewatched the movie there was this um when Mia first found out or it was revealed to everyone that Mia was a princess one of the reporters weren't wearing pants and that was hilarious to me like the story was so big this dude ran out of his house and didn't put on pants <laughs> who does that um but 8.5 out of 10 I can still rewatch the movie. It holds a dear place in my heart, but it kind of got slow in the middle and annoying. And I think that's just because she's a teenager and teenagers' mistakes are annoying to me. Even though I'm a teenager, like my friends, they do things. And in my head, I'm like, oh my God, you guys are such idiots. Like the problem, the solution is so simple to me in my head. I don't get involved in a lot of drama because it's... I don't know. I can I just avoid it. It's it's not that complicated to me. So watching movies where people get wrapped up in all this drama is just it's anyway. That's just me. It was a good movie. So I loved it and the cast was amazing. 
but I'm really, really excited for the book. I'm really, really excited. So tune in next week or, well, since it's, I'm doing this this week, tune in later this week so we can get into the book. (sighs) Okay. So this has been From Shelf to Screen with V. (laughs) Bye.